Welcome to Talking Rivals, a podcast about the best bleeping rivalry in all of sports. I'm Patrick, covering all things Red Sox, and this is Chris, covering the Yankees. What's up? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we'll go through this week. This is, what is this, episode seven, I think, already? I think so. Time's time's flying by. I can't believe we've almost been doing this two months, and I can only imagine how the players feel. (laughs) Hey, it's like, um, you know, like it's like when we were kids. The summer goes by so fast. Oh my god! Right? Yeah. You mean you know, I have to do my homework now? Get ready. Right. For school. <laughs> exactly. Um, how did uh, how did the Yankees fare this week? Um, well, not so bad. I mean, they they took the three uh, the two out of three against Kansas City. Right. So all right, you'd like to see a sweep there because got to take advantage of, of those games. But two out of three, not horrible. And then they go to um, the Field of Dreams game on Thursday, which I, I know for you too. I mean, that was just one. It was just a special game. I mean, going into it, I, I was I was looking forward to it, but I wasn't as high on it as you were. But then uh, watching it, it was it was out of. I mean, they hit it out of the park. Yeah, I mean, Major League Baseball, <laughs> we both know, has have not done too many good things lately with their rule changes and nope. everything else. And they're horrible at promoting the game itself and promoting the players, but they got this 100% right. The only like tiny, tiny thing that I thought maybe it could have worked out better was the first pitch. You could have had Kevin Costner throw to um, the guy who played his father. I'm not, I'm not sure the guy's name. It's yeah. Like, He'd be he'd be out in a wheelchair probably by now. Yeah, I, they actually showed a picture of them too. They're they're both probably about the same age. So okay, you know. But anyway, other than that, perfect. And the only bad thing about that whole day was how it ended because, I mean, for us to come. Yeah, that back, was a tough game. Yeah, we came back in the ninth. It was great. Stanton hitting the big home run, uh, and then uh, then the ninth, uh, just horrible. Uh, it's, it's amazing to me, like after seeing that game, after seeing the next, the next game also with the White Sox with the last game against the White Sox, um, not, not the last one, right. The, the first two games against the White Sox. Yeah. After watching those two games, if you don't have more, if you don't have the appreciation that you do for Mariano Rivera by now. Oh yeah. It's like you, it's amazing that this guy went, you know, you take it for granted. I mean, it's it it, death taxes and Mariano Rivera closing the game. Yeah. I mean, and you see these guys think of it this way. The White Sox, we were talking about it. I think on the last show, they probably have the best back end of the bullpen in the league right now. Yes. And they blew two saves, easy ones. Yep. And, and then the next game, they blew it again. And that's against the arguably the best closer in the game. Or one of the best closers. I mean, it's also yeah, he's a, he's a top closer. Yeah. So, and then you look at the Yankees who build their team around the bullpen for the last, what is it, 25 years now, 26 years, and they can't close a game to save their life at this point. You know, they're, yeah, you guys are finding new ways to lose. Oh, my God. And we almost lost that, that second game. We almost lost the third game because they just can't close these games out. It's, it's amazing. And it's getting frustrating, but I know, listen, I know Chapman's out. Okay, fine. But you know what? You got Britain. You spent $15 million a year on this guy. 
who a couple of years ago was one of the best closers in the game. I mean, this guy yeah, he was an all-star, like 50-something, I think 52 yeah. seconds. The guy had an under-two ERA with Baltimore. Yeah. I mean, and now, not only he can't close games, he doesn't even want to close the game. Yeah, I, I, I was going to ask you about that. That's horrible. That's Comment something that – Not good. Not good, and to be honest, it should have never came out of the, the clubhouse. How do you no. let that leak out? I mean, that's embarrassing. So I – so now they're just trying to tread water until hopefully I haven't even heard anything about Chapman um, coming back anytime soon. So yeah, I haven't heard any rehab assignment or anything yet. Yeah. So this is who they are. They're, you know, the back end of the bullpen. I mean, they're getting called back tonight, thankfully, but um, you know, the rest of the bullpen, I mean, green, you could go down the line, Brit, they've all, you know, given up something here. Uh, lately or this whole season they've they've just been very inconsistent and this is and this like i said earlier this is the team this is a team that builds their team around their bullpen yeah i mean they spend mega money and they and they usually do well but this year it's it's all backfiring on them i guess i don't know but um again if if that does if they could somehow get any kind of consistency in that bullpen this could be a dangerous team down the stretch because they're winning games or, or they're losing these horrible games because of yeah, their they're in every game. Yeah. I, you know what? I had a stat. I think they've blown 20 saves this year, which wow. is ridiculous, but here's the other one. That's what's even stranger, right? For a team that's as bad as the bullpen that they got, they lead the league in most games decided by one or two runs. They've been in 64 of them this year. My God. They've won 41 of them, which is the most in, in baseball, too. And their winning percentage is 641 in those games. So That'll play. It, I, and you would never think that by the way that they're losing these games <laughs> by the bullpen. It's amazing. It's just the losses are magnified because they're so crushing. Right. Exactly. That I, I agree. So uh, it was a good week, obviously, because they won both series and you, you – you can't ask for much more than that. But when you lose a game against Kansas City that you should win, and then when you lose a game to the White Sox that you had, you know, that you you came back, unbelievable, great game, came back in the ninth inning against, you know, yep. Hendricks, and then you blow it. So, but again, they took two out of three, so we can't really complain. And, um, you know, it's, it's not horrible. Uh, standings now, like, Looking at them, what are we, two and a half out now? Yes. Yeah, a chance to pick up half game tonight. So it's not bad. We're still two and a half behind you. We could, like you said, a half game, bring it to two games, one in the loss column. Yep. You know, and then uh, we'll see what, we'll see how we do the rest of the way. So how did how did uh, Boston's week go? Um, the week started off, uh, it was up and down, and then it ended on a good note. But we, uh, we lost two out of three to Tampa. And the only reason that was made okay was the middle game. We won 20 to eight, which was, that was, that was such a weird game. Um, I'll, I'll go chronologically, but that's, that was the second game. The first one was uh, an eight, four loss, which was crushing. They were, they were winning the game and Whitlock and Barnes came in and you think the game's locked down. It was four to two. And they gave up six runs in the final, 
I think two innings. Uh, Barnes is just completely imploded. His ERA, I think, is north. It's definitely north of uh, ten since he since the All Star game. So they blew that one. It was eight four. The game that I'm talking about that was that was just crazy up and down. It was twenty to eight win on Wednesday night. Season high for runs scored. Yavaldi pitched. He was awesome. He pitched uh, seven innings and gave up one run. It was 20 to one going into the ninth inning. Oh my and God. Tampa Bay scored seven, making it 20 to eight. And at one point during that inning, I was saying to myself, there's no way they're going to score 20 runs, are they? <laughs> there's just no way. No, right, no we're good. We got this. We got this. <laughs> we, do we have this? I'm not sure if we have this. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit, we might not have this. Right. <laughs> oh, I knew it all along. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was just one of those things where Tampa Bay, the way Tampa Bay gets rolling, yep. nothing's really out of the ordinary for them. No. And total side note, I saw that they just signed David Robertson. Yes, I did see that. They gave him a major league deal, too. Hmm. That's so, interesting. You know, he, he did pitch pretty well for the, the Olympics. Yeah, he looked good. And then uh, we follow that 20 to 8 win just when everything seems to be going well. The next day, we manage two hits and we lose eight to one. There is no rhyme or reason. We keep saying this to baseball. There is absolutely no rhyme or reason. But then everything goes right because Baltimore is coming into town. Schwarber makes his debut on Friday night. Um, Chris Sale makes his debut on Saturday. Uh, They sweep Baltimore. It was eight to one, 16 to two, six to two, respectively, Friday through Sunday. The big highlight is the Saturday afternoon, 16 to two win. Chris Sale made his debut. I thought I, I would give him, I would give him an A because he didn't get hurt. He pitched five innings. He got the win. He threw 89 pitches. I mean, he didn't have a walk. He had eight strikeouts in five innings. So I think it's got to be considered a success. If he can, my goal for him if they're in the playoffs is to pitch six innings, give up two or less pitch to a three ERA and you're fine. Yeah. So five innings, two runs. It's not bad for a first start. No. And it, it worked out perfect that you played Baltimore. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, and not Tampa you exactly. know, not a team. So I think that worked out pretty well. And I, I don't think you could have asked for much more for a first start, you know, no, not at all years or whatever it's been. And now our, uh, the Boston's um, their pitching staff is now lined up where it's Sale, Ivaldi, Eduardo Rodriguez, who's starting to pitch well. ZRA is now under five, thank God. <laughs> it's always a good thing. <laughs> and then you have Pavetta and Hauk in the back end because there's no more Garrett Richards, no more Martin Perez, thank God. Are they in the bullpen or do they just come? Um, Richards, I'm not sure what they did with him. I think they might have designated him for assignment. Martin Perez is in the bullpen because because he's a lefty. Right, yeah. I mean, a left-handed pitcher is like a seven-foot basketball player. Yeah. You can't teach it, so even (laughs) if it's it's not working well, you're going to be on the bench somewhere. Right. (laughs) So he came in. He came in one of these games, and 
people started losing their mind when he gave up base runners and doing what Martin Perez does. But then also other news, we claimed uh, Travis Shaw off of waivers. And he actually might get some playing time against the Yankees. He's a veteran left-handed. He's a bench piece, but he can come in and play solid defense. He hasn't been playing well this year. And Dahlback's been surging in the last week or two at first base. But any time you can get a guy that's played in Boston before, has postseason at-bats, is a lefty, I mean, you pick him up. No, that's that. That's a no-brainer, you know. Yeah, what? especially for the money they gave him. I, I think it's, I think it's prorated league minimum for the rest of the year. So. Yeah, no, that's a, that's that's actually. So they win the three against Baltimore. They get right against Baltimore. Uh, I believe they are. I know they're two and a half up on the Yankees. I think they're they're three games back of Tampa right now. Yep, and four in the loss column. Yep, and we are tied, although mathematically percentage points behind Oakland for the first wild card spot. And Oakland's, let me tell you something, Oakland and Houston, Oakland's only two and a half behind Houston. And and Houston's doing all this without Bregman. Right. They're, they're treading water, if not playing even better than that. I mean, right. they're not treading water. They have one of the best records in baseball, but right. But it's that's going to be a good a good race down down the stretch. Um, I think they play. They played them six out of the last nine games. Wow, in, in Oakland, so that's going to be good. So if they, if this is two and a half games down to the last week or two, that's yep. going to be some last nine games for them. Yeah, definitely. So that'll be interesting. And then, you know, so the, this week we kind of washed each other. You know, we kind of didn't gain much with the, uh, with the division. Um, no. what, what, is, what is your week look ahead? Are we coming up? Yeah. Uh, yeah, we definitely – we have you guys, uh, three in the Bronx, and then we go back home and we start, we start the easy, quote-unquote, easy part of our schedule. We start nice. facing Texas. Nice. So we can get good against them, but it starts with you guys. I mean, it's a lot like this past week where it started off with three against Tampa and then three easy ones against Baltimore. And who's lining up to pitch? Cause I can't tell you who we're going to pitch in those games. We, I'm going to guess uh, Montgomery we're getting back. So. Well, I know it's not going to be Cole. Thank God. Oh, right. He pitches tonight. So. Oh, um, your rookie is pitching uh, tomorrow. The first game. Oh, Hill, right? Yeah. I always call him Gill. Right, I know. Uh, we, we actually are to be determined. Oh, okay. We're so, to be determined all week except for Wednesday night, Pavetta. No. And you guys are to be determined on Wednesday night. Right. Um, you got Montgomery also? going Tuesday night. Oh, it's official? Okay, because I didn't yep. see that. As... Okay, I figured he'd, he'd start one of those games. And I know Sale pitches Friday night at home, so no Sale-Cole matchup. All right. Which which kind of stinks. I I wanted to see that. No, but you know what? At least you got at least you got sale again against you know I would I would say Hauk pitches one of these. Um the first game. Uh let me I'll go back. Um well not Rodriguez, not Sale. Looks like Hawk. Not not Pavetta, maybe Hauk and 
I'm blanking on the fifth. Eovaldi, hopefully. Yeah, one of Maybe those. Eovaldi lines up against Montgomery tonight, and you pitch the young guy, Hauk, against your young pitcher in the first game. Yeah. Yep. That would be interesting. I yeah. mean, Hauk is a guy that he's got two great pitches, but he needs a third one or else next year he might be our closer, which isn't a bad thing, but mm. he's a lot like – I think he's a lot like Jonathan Loisega. He's got electric stuff, but the stuff he has is not expanded repertoire-wise enough I got to you. put him out there every fifth day. Hmm. Well, hey, at least, listen, in, in this game, now you'll always find a, a position now for this for these pitchers. You know, if they can't go five, six, seven innings, yep. they'll put him in the bullpen, and then you got a two or three-inning guy, possibly, you know. Exactly. Or a closer, like you said. So that's that. That's the great thing about the game. That's now. how we're using Whitlock right now. I think Whitlock and Hulk honestly might switch next year. And Whitlock, they're going to try and oh, wow. um, extend him out to be a starter. Hmm. Okay. That would be interesting. Yeah. And then I saw where – I'm not sure where the Yankees fell on the new list, but I know the Red Sox finally made the top ten – of the midseason prospect update organizationally. I think they they ranked ninth. This is on Baseball America, which requires a subscription for anything. So I'm just getting dribs and drabs of it. But (laughs) yeah, I already have too many subscriptions. I know. I'm the same way. You know, and then like with, with the Yankees this week, you know, we got the the Angels Monday night, and then Boston. You know, you guys the next three, and then we finish off home against Minnesota, and that's, okay. that's another series. You know, like four games, you got to take you got to take three out of four. Yeah. You know, well, they just beat, they just beat Tampa. Yeah, so, I know Minnesota is not an easy team, but it's Minnesota on paper should be over five hundred. Their team, I think. Yeah, especially before they made their trades. I mean, yes. I yeah, oh yeah, Barrios. with with Barrios, with Hap, with Pineda healthy, with Maeda. Yeah. Now, sure, and of course, again, baseball not having that much rhyme or reason to it. They get rid of their best players, and now they start winning. Right, <laughs> right. That makes no of sense. But you know, but that's a series you 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 got to take advantage of. So you got yep. three out of four there. The Boston series, obviously, that's the big one. If the, you know, whatever team could come out two out of three is going to be the obviously is going to is going to be huge because it's right. so tight now. Now all these games puts a lot of pressure on the doubleheader. Yeah, if you can get a dominant start from the first from the first game pitcher and get that win and not use your bullpen that much, then you're set up beautifully for the rest. Yeah, of the of the games. It's true. That's like a, it's it it sets the tone for the exactly. rest of the series almost. So, and I think that's why you got Cole going that first game. You know, he's got to come in, boom, give you five six innings at, at least six innings. I know it's his first start and right. whatever it is. Yeah, two, six innings. Yeah. yeah, that would be great. Six innings, two runs. I'll be very happy with that. And then. Have you heard any more uh, talking about pitchers coming back? Any more updates on Kluber or Severino? Kluber made a rehab start. I 
think at double A, gave up a couple of runs and a couple of innings, nothing special. Um, They said his control wasn't good. That's why he gave up so many runs. Uh, Severino, um, he complained of tightness. It was, it was in, it was going to be his final rehab appearance on Friday or Saturday. I don't remember what day it was, but one of those days he was supposed to make his final rehab um, start while stretching out or working out in the bullpen. He felt some, he, he didn't feel right. He said, so they didn't make him start. He's supposed to be having um, tests on Monday okay. on his shoulder. Supposedly he has tightness in his good. shoulder. So that doesn't sound good at all. And Herman uh, is still. Herman is something with the shoulder. I think he's going to start playing catch soon. That's what I thought I read. So I'm, I think he's okay. going to start throwing this week. So we'll see if we get him back. And, and then any news on Rizzo? No. I heard symptoms were better, like he was feeling better. So, you know, maybe by the end of the week we'll, we'll, we'll get him. Or I'm hoping by the end of the week. Okay. Maybe by the weekend. Because supposedly he's feeling better. But, you know, you never know with this. I, you know, you really don't know because you got that. And, you know, he's also fought off cancer. So, you yeah, know, that it's... is, you know, coming into play with him physically. Um, so, it would be great if we got him back. And what's great is uh, Voight has been pretty good, you know, filling in for him. And that's going to put some pressure on what to do when Rizzo does come back. You know, what do you do? Do you just put him on the bench? If you DH him, then what are you going to do with Stanton? Do you put Stanton in the – I think they're going to just – I think it's going to be like a rotation type of thing where um, Rizzo will play first, but – the DH, you're going to either have Stanton or, um, or Voight. You know, Stanton, when he's not DH, he's going to have to play left field, and maybe, maybe for two games, and then for one game he'll DH, something like that. But you got to get the bats in the lineup. You know, so it's going to be interesting yeah. how Boone juggles everything. But like, like we know, things kind of, you know, resolve their their own somehow you know like another injury will pop up or yeah things will take care of themselves yeah so we'll see you know but it'll be interesting if if everybody comes back healthy because i'm i haven't really heard anything about g uh ashurla ashurla they said last week he had a setback last last week so i don't know i haven't heard anything since then it'd be great to have him back too (laughs) yeah so we'll see Interesting. Yeah. yeah, we have um, we start playing. We still have um, speaking of the IL, we still have Christian Arroyo on the injured list. We have a couple of like side like depth pieces on the bench, uh, like bench players coming back. Danny Santana, Christian Arroyo, Ryan Brazier. Our, our big additions are already here. Schwarber and Sale. Yeah. So. Yeah, definitely. That those, and you're going to see the dividends right away, especially Sale. Yeah, you know, Schwarber. You know, how, how did he look at first? Did did he play? He first? hasn't played first yet. He's just oh. been DHing, and JD oh, okay. Martinez has been playing left field with Fenway. Mm, okay, I, I think that's a lot to ask him to play left field in Yankee Stadium, Martinez. So what about we'll right? See. What about right field? You can play the short porch and right, and then put. Um, 
Renfro's good arm in left in the bigger outfield yeah. spot. That would make yeah. more sense. Yeah. Definitely. That's true. But Schwarber, sooner or later, is going to play first base, I yeah. think. Yeah. I, mean, I think it's inevitable that they put him out there and see what see what he can help contribute. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how, how he does at first, you know, because we were saying before, the last time, what he played one game, two games at first? I know he hasn't played this year at first. Hmm. Um, I think he played three games professionally at first base. That's He, he looks like a first baseman. I, I'm telling you, for so long, I thought he did play more games at first. And then when we looked at it, you know, I think he played three games. I think, like you said, three. I know it was a really small amount. Let's see. Schwarber. Technically, it's showing one. Okay. Because they lift, they list him as a left fielder and a catcher. Right. Um, yeah, left field. He's got 533 games. Right field four, catcher 26, and first base one. One game in his career with the Cubs four years ago. That is crazy. <laughs> yeah, like he's caught. He's caught like more games than he has played first. And he actually didn't even play an inning at first base that game. Wow. It was just, he was just listed as the first baseman. So it might've been a double switch or Mm -hmm. that's, yeah. It's aside, you know, not playing, being a, you know, not playing first base, but the ability to catch is going to come in is might come into play because of pinch running, you know, pinch run your, 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 second catcher that you bring in if you have to exactly yeah so you know and you our third it. catcher our catcher in triple a that's going up and down a little bit this year uh connor wong he was the third piece in the mookie Betts trade oh, he okay. actually has played professionally every position but pitcher wow yeah he came up in high school as a shortstop then they moved him to third and then they realized his arm was too good and they put him a catcher but it, in the pros, he's played every position. That he's is, still young enough where he's athletic enough to do that. But huh. that's he'll settle in as catcher. But that's interesting because usually from short, you usually go, you either go to second or to or like third. center or something yeah. left, right? Well, third base they can third two, yeah, but catch with the arm if you have limited mobility. But yeah, and then. Um, after the week ahead, I know we start playing teams like Texas, Minnesota, uh, get right against Baltimore again. When do we play you guys again after this week? We just play one more time, right? Yeah, after this, not until September. Yeah, September 24th, 25th, and 26th. Okay, so we have six games total. And then here's it against you guys. I think we talked about it last week. After those three games, you're at Baltimore and then at Washington. Yep. To finish gotta win season. those. So that's really not bad. No, you gotta you gotta win the. You gotta beat up. You cannot either side. Speaking from Boston or the Yankees' perspective, you, right. you do the one thing you don't want to happen is look back on the year and say, if we only faced, if we only went after Baltimore a little better, mm-hmm. you don't want a fifth place team determining your season. Exactly. Exactly. So true. You you gotta you gotta take care if, of these teams. Just if it wasn't for those pesky nationals 
we would have been in the playoffs. That's got to be a horrible feeling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to do that, especially a team that gave away, you know, half their team at the yes. deadline. So, so uh, that segues perfectly into the rest of the league. We can kind of look at um, the standings, see if anything's changed over the last week or so. Um, you were mentioning the White Sox because you guys just played them. They actually have the worst record of any of the three American League division winners or leaders. Right, right now, if they, they were... The lead. <laughs> right. Yeah, they have the biggest lead. They're up by 10 games, but their winning percentage is the least of those, if that makes any sense. No. Again, it doesn't. <laughs> what team jumps out to you in the American League? In the American League, I mean, outside of the East, I, I got to go the the West because Oakland is hanging in just two and a half games back. And uh, if they could keep it close, I, you know, we were saying it earlier, their last nine games, they play the Astros six out of those final nine games. So, yeah. like, their final nine games are three against Houston at home then three at Seattle and then three in Houston. So they're, if they could keep it close until then, those last nine games obviously are going to determine if they make it or not. So, yep. Uh, and they got a little bit tough coming up. Oakland's going to be at the White Sox coming up and then they play home against San Francisco, Seattle, the Yankees, which is going to be huge four game series in New York. That's going to be a big one uh, at the end of August. Um, then they go to Detroit, to Toronto. So they, they got a little bit of a tough schedule coming yeah. up, Oakland, you know, for sure. So that'll be interesting to watch the rest of the way. Um, yeah, I'm looking at the White Sox. They, um, it's a, they have a 10-game lead with 44 to go. So that's not in question. That better not be in question. No. But <laughs> do they kind of take their foot off the gas a little bit? What happens to them in the final six weeks, seven weeks? Right. You know, they, could, they could really make a run for it and win, you know. I mean, they could win 100 games if they go like, no, they'd have to go like 30 and 10. So do they win like do they do they win ugly and win the central with 95 wins and you just chalk it up to a bad rest of the division or do they put their foot on the gas and really play up to their capability? And you know what if it was like last year with no fans and the uh, the neutral side playoff games I don't think you would care if you what happens as long as you get right. to the playoffs but now you got the home field involved you know, now I think you're going to, I think they're going to want to keep the foot on the pedal, the, their gas, you know, the foot on the gas pedal because they want to get that number one spot. Right. Yep. I would think. Of so, course. Yeah. I mean, their next four games are against Oakland at uh, home and then they play at Tampa and then so at they could, by our next episode, they could be, uh, I mean, you're either looking at a really good week or yeah, it could be a bit you know disastrous one. Not saying that I'm not saying that they're going to lose the division, but no, no, no. They they might put themselves out of any kind of shot at that number one spot. You know, the number one uh, 
spot in the playoffs yep. so to have home field advantage. So that'll be that's that's where I think maybe maybe like they're gonna go maybe a week or two and see how they are by the end of you know the, this little stretch here, and then they play the Cubs. After that, you know what? If they go into September and they're still a game or two away from that number one position. Yeah, they're going for it. They're going to go for it. If, if they fall, you know, five, six games out, then they're like, all right, you know what? Let's just prepare for the playoffs, you know, rest yep. this guy a little bit and, you know, play that game for a couple of weeks. Yeah, it makes sense. And then the National League, I'm looking at the East and the West. This, the Central is the Brewers, I think. It's just yeah. like it's just like the American League Central. Mm-hmm. But the the West is very interesting. There's the Giants, Dodgers, and Padres. The Padres are 10 games back. Yeah. I mean, you think of the Padres, you think, oh, they're gonna be in the playoffs easily. Yeah, but they're they're only two and a half. I think we were saying it earlier. They're only two and a half in front two of two in the loss back. column over the Reds. Yeah, that's nothing. And they're only four in the loss column ahead of the Phillies. Yeah. They're a bad week away from being out of the playoffs. Yep. Bad weekend. And, and then you got the Giants still with the best record in baseball. I, I I think that's the biggest shock of all this year. That and and Milwaukee. I would I would say Milwaukee too. Yeah, I mean, looking at Milwaukee's pitching going into the year, I thought they were gonna be able to play in that division, but I had no idea about the Giants, to be honest with you. Yeah, me either. I, I didn't, I saw them winning 76 games maybe the whole year. Right, exactly. And third at best in that division. Yes, exactly. And then six game, their their magic number, it's the reverse magic number. It's when you get eliminated. Arizona could be eliminated by our next episode. Wow. They're six games away from being eliminated from postseason contention. And we were saying too, like, what does Arizona have? Like, what are they – what do they have going into next year that they're holding on to? You know, like um, they have nothing. Uh, they had that kid throw a no hitter. Yeah. Last week, but he's a no name player. So, I mean, right now they could win the rest of their games and they go 81 and 81. Yeah. That's, that's pretty bad. And then that just puts into perspective. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they have Madison Bumgarner. I'm trying to think who else they have. I, they traded. Uh, oh no, wait. Oh no, they didn't. Um, they still have. Um, well, Carson Kelly is a good player when he's on the field. The catcher. Uh, yeah, and he's still 26. But the Ahmed is okay. Ketel Marte is good when he's on the field. Yeah, but you got Paul. Just... 33. Why didn't they trade him? Yeah, they don't we, – we went over this one time. They don't have that great of um, – they're kind of stuck in between mm-hmm. as far as they don't have that many young pieces to build around that are major league ready. No. But they don't have – but the veterans that they do have, they kind of kept a couple of them for some reason. Yeah, I don't know why they, they weren't more – Aggressive at the trade there. deadline. Made no sense. Yeah. And you know what? And the Padres down the stretch, they probably have one of the tougher schedules coming up. Um, not coming up, coming up their next three games of Colorado, but then they got Philly. 
the Dodgers, Angels, then they got Arizona. But look at these, the last three series, one, two, three, four series, they finished the season home against the Giants, home against the Braves, then they go to the Do- uh, Dodgers, and then they go to the Giants. Wow. That's that's their last four from the 20th. Yeah, that's like September the half the month, the end of September. And there's a lot of other games that they're oof, they got a lot of tough games, the Padres coming up. They don't have many, there's not many Arizona and Colorado games coming up in them. So <laughs> not enough. No, Never definitely enough. not. So that's uh that's gonna be worth looking at. That that whole division, man, like you said, it's it's well, crazy. What do you think about the NL East? You know I, I picked the um the Phillies to win it. Yeah, I was going to say, you know what? I think Atlanta. Atlanta's starting to get on a roll. If I had to pick one now, I mean, they're only a game ahead. I think I would pick Atlanta because Philly's pitching, especially their bullpen, just is just a mess. Yeah, the only reason I went with Philadelphia was my theory was I'll take the superstar that's healthy. I'll take mm-hmm. Bryce Harper to lead that team at, in the clutch. Him and Real Muto are healthy. They've got a fighting chance. Yeah. Compared it's to Acuna's out and Lindor's out. Right. So we'll see. Yeah. It's gonna Mets, it's gonna come down to the very end. Yeah. And the Mets, if they and the Mets have their tough schedule, like right now. Yeah. They're <laughs> they're going they're on the West the Coast. Right. They have here their next series at San Fran. At the Dodgers. Then they come home to play San Fran. So the next, you know, not easy. 10, yeah, nine, ten games are really tough. Then they get a little bit of a break. They got Washington, Miami, Washington, Miami. <laughs> After that, okay. So light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. So we'll see. And then what's great about them is their last three games of the season are at Atlanta. Nice. So. I listen, I'm not a Met fan and I, but it would be cool for baseball if they're still in the division race and it's them two going at it. That would be a great way to finish the year. Um, Definitely. So uh, we'll see. We'll man. We got some yeah. really good races coming up. Definitely. And then um, I just wanted to ask a couple of Yankee questions. I know we're going back and forth between our teams in the league, but I had a question <clears throat> I was thinking of for the past probably five days, who do you think is the most underrated and overrated current Yankee hmm. on the major league team? Current Yankee. Eesh. Underrated. Uh, I, for a while, it used to be uh, Urshela, I thought. Right. I thought he was, he was so good for a while, but um, now that he's hurt, I don't want to, can't really use him anymore. Underrated. I think it could be Montgomery. Yeah, he's been pretty solid this year. He's been kind of a steady, a steady. Well, he's 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 been hurt the last two weeks, not hurt, <laughs> but the COVID. But he's been that steady presence in, you know, in the rotation. Other than Cole, that has just right. been pretty solid every start, every start. Um, so yeah, I could you could say him and overrated. Ugh, there's so many on this team. <laughs> <laughs> I just uh, thought it would create a good conversation. Yeah, overrated. There's a bunch. 
Obviously, Stanton, everybody's going to be all over him. I don't think he's – I don't want to say that because he's he, – He is what he is. I mean, if right, he bats now 260 he is. and hits home runs. He's not what – He's never going to live up to that length no, of contract. Definitely not. And he's he's not going to be back to the MVP season no. in Florida. So You I, paid for past results. Yeah, exactly. That, and thankfully, we didn't pay that results. much. They weren't, you know, it wasn't a big pay. Thank right. God we didn't give up like top prospects for him. You know, right. we got him for very cheap, so can't really kill him that much for it. But um, yeah, I would, I would say overrated. You know what? I don't think Judge is overrated. I think Judge is, if he's not an elite player, he's right there. He's really close. Yeah, because he's he's an elite defender for sure, and his bat. He's right there. I don't want to, you know, he's, does he hit 300? No, but he's like 280, right? 285, I think, 290. Um, and he's he's decent in the clutch as well. So yeah. I, I, I don't want to say he's underrated either. I think he's rated right where he should. Um, okay. So, but overrated, I don't know. Uh, well, Torres, to be honest. I don't know what happened to him this year. Makes sense. I mean... He, I don't know. Two years ago, everybody thought, oh, this guy's going to be a shortstop here for the next 10 years. And now, I don't know. I mean, he's been hurt too, but he just, I mean, what did he have? Like five home runs this year? If like, that, yeah. Yeah, it was something. A guy that hit 40 a couple of years ago. <laughs> you know, now he's uh, he's at six. Six home okay. runs, 42 RBIs, and batting 253. Yikes. Yeah, that's not what we thought we were getting here or what we got two years ago from this guy. No. So I, I I'll, I'll put him as overrated because maybe he's not what we thought he was. Maybe that was just a, you know, flash in the pan type of year. And that was it. Okay. How about you? Ooh, um, <laughs> overrated. I will go with Christian Vasquez. I think I saw somewhere where he's leading the league in pass balls and catcher. Hmm. He's a good base runner. He's, but his power just fell off. I mean, he had a twenty-three. I think two thousand nineteen, he hit like twenty-three home runs, seventy-two RBIs, which is great as a catcher. Yeah. And this year, just fell off. Is so it I'll his age with, now? I mean, he's, he's only thirty. Yeah. That's true. I mean, he has caught World Series winners. So, right. How overrated is he? Uh, but I think you're paying for past, yeah. past performance. He's on the downside. <laughs> yes. Underrated. Um, I'll go with Garrett Whitlock. Anytime you're throwing to a 1-4 ERA. Yeah, it's tough to call him underrated. <laughs> right. But I, I mean, as far as what the fans view him as. Right. Fans are like, oh, yeah, he's our seventh inning guy. No, he's going to be. He's going to be your eighth inning guy, maybe even de facto closer if Barnes has too much, too many innings on him down the stretch. So either him or I I mean, I still think Bogart Bogart's endeavors are somehow underrated. Yeah, they, they you know what you I might think people right. just take him for granted, like, oh, Bogey's gonna hit 300. Right. And be our de facto captain. And Devers, people don't realize Devers is still 24. Mm-hmm. And he's, 
he might be uh, up there for MVP this year. Definitely. He'll get some votes. I mean, yeah. he's not. I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna die on that hill. It's Otani and Vlad Jr. But I tell you, he'll get some votes. And you know what? Considering how not great your starting rotation's been this year, not Evaldi, but I think Pavetta. Pavetta's had a good year. He's yeah, he's way little, too many walks, but yeah, but he's kind of you know. He's, that he was already? one where Heim Bloom fleeced the Phillies. We traded two months of I'm gonna forget the guy's name. He's back with us now. We traded two months of a reliever last year for Nick Pavetta and a top ten prospect in Connor Siebold, who is pitching much better in AAA right now wow. for. It was a he was a right-handed reliever. Obviously, it wasn't Barnes. It was Workman, I think. Oh, okay. We were able to get two two guys who opening day next year will be probably our fourth and fifth starter for two months of Brandon Workman to wow. the Phillies. That's that was a great trade. Yep, that'll <laughs> that'll work. Oh yeah. And then I guess the last question I have before we get into trivia is. I mean, it's a tough one to think of right now because he's injured, but do you guys re-sign Rizzo or do you stay with Voight? Oh, um, it depends on what he does in September. I don't You know what? That's a, that's going to be a tough, a, a tough one because I think Olsen's a free agent too, right? Yes. And so oh. is Freddie Freeman. Yeah. You know, Freddie I, Freeman's swing would play in New York. Yep. Oh Yeah. <laughs> it's but he's and, a guy that's what 32 so he's gonna want a longer contract yeah because it's gonna be his last one the big thing with signing here's if you want to go really far ahead here the thing with signing a first baseman is since you got dj lined up for a few more years and eventually yep. you're gonna have to move him to first right yep um and you got two guys in the minor leagues now for the yankees uh, two shortstops that are Volpe and Peraza. Yeah, that are very close. So, I you know if they don't trade them, where are you going to put them? I'm thinking short and second. Yes. Right? And then you move DJ to first in a, maybe in two years. Yeah, I think in I think in 2023, opening day, if all is well, you think you're gonna you want to build around guys like Volpe Peraza. Urshela, LeMayhew in the infield. And you might see one of them coming next year. Right. Because and they the outfield, up- you probably, if, if you can get Volpe and Peraza to be a regular contributors, you can afford to pay Judge because you have Dominguez coming up. Right. <clears throat> I think the odd man out might be Sanchez and Torres. Yeah. The only thing that bothers me with, with Judge is not so much the money and the length is how, how is he going to be in three years? Because how is his defense going to play. Yeah. That. And just, is he going to miss a lot of games? Cause he's already missed games mm-hmm. early in his career. Is he going to continue this? You know, th- he's been great this year. He hasn't missed. I think he's missed a handful of games this year, which is great, yep. but you know, he's going to be 30 next year. And then entering his free agency, he'll be if you sign him, 
his first season to be at 31. So I, I just, I, that's the part that bothers me. It's not the money. You know, I'm not really so much caught up with the money. I'm just caught up in him as a player. Um, you know, right now he's 29. So you're paying for a overpaying. And if you had to go less years. Mm. But how many less? But that's five? what I would try to do. Like five years, maybe? Instead, if he if he comes in and says, I want a seven-year deal, and I, I want to see at least $200 million on the table, which makes sense. Yeah. If that's his starting position, then why, why wouldn't the Yankees come back and say, we'll give you four or five, and we'll give you more annual average value? Yeah, that's... So you'll still reach the 200, but we'll give you five years. That's probably a possibility. Willie, that's the thing. Will he, will he want that? Or right. will he be stuck on, I want at least seven years? Because you, know? you could sell the four or five a couple of ways. You're still getting the money and you're, and you're getting another shot at free agency for when right. you just become a DH. Right. And so, by then, the National League should be a DH too. Yes. So it, you might be able to sell that. You might. I don't know if you will because – We've seen what happened with Cano a few years ago. True. We offered him seven years at more money than the 10. And he took the 10 years because he wanted his 10th year. And he's back in New York anyway. So, yeah. I don't know if that paid off for him. <laughs> no. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting. I think this offseason, not that I think, I think it definitely should be an interesting offseason for the Yankees because it might be that that off season that it's the year to start saying, okay, let's start bringing these young kids up. Let's, we gotta, they gotta redo the bullpen, you know, and I've said it already. Is Britain, Britain coming off the books? Britain has one more year. Ooh. Britain green and Chapman all have one more year left on their deals. Okay. So if you're just looking at those three guys, I That's don't That's like 40 million, right? Yeah. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't resign any of them in another year. Not for the current the price they want. No, no, no. Maybe green if he comes yeah. back on a decent. But even that, I, he's starting to show, you know, he's starting to show his regression as well. So definitely Britain's got to go and definitely Chapman's got to go. Yeah. So and for I us would, looking to next year, the big question is J.D. Martinez. Hmm. And when do they? It's not if it's when they pay Devers. Right. And how much is he going to want? But it's all interesting questions. Yeah. It's always fun yeah. to look ahead when your team's still in it in the present. Yes, <laughs> it is. It's, it's, a, it's a good feeling. We're not like Lesson. Arizona. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Oh. Nothing. So you want to move on to trivia? Sure. Um, I got a couple for you. The same player. Uh, I know Manningly is your favorite. Okay. So he was obviously known as one of the best defensive first basemen of all time. How many gold gloves did he win? I know we went over this one time. Talking about him and Keith Hernandez. Was it, was it 11? No, nope. Hernandez was 11. He was oh, nine. Nine. Okay. Yeah. I know those, those two numbers came out. And then Mattingly won only one AL batting title. Could you name the year or... The average is going to be tough. I mean, that's like almost impossible. The average was, wasn't it 340 or 353 or something? Close. 343. 
343. Okay. And he beat, that was the year he beat uh, Winfield out. Right? Winfield. He edged out Winfield. Do you know what year maybe? Uh, just a guess. Is it 84, 85? 84. 84. Okay. There you go. I got another one for you, Mattingly. Go ahead. In July of 87, he tied a major league record by hitting a home run in eight consecutive games. Whose record did he tie? Oh, um, I know Griffey ended up tying his record. Right. Right. Uh, and Mattingly would go on to hit 10 during the streak. Oh, I don't know why this name keeps popping up. Is it Dale Long? Oh, my God. Yes. I don't know why that name. It, uh, it just hit me when you when you started saying it. So. There you go. Three for and, three. Not bad. And I think he hit his eighth one. It was against Texas. It was like an opposite field home run. <laughs> So anyway. I don't remember Mattingly hitting a lot of opposite field home runs. No, me either. And here's another here's another tidbit about Mattingly. He hit the most grand slams in one season. Yes, with six. And that was the only grand slams he ever hit in his career. No, I know that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I mean, we shouldn't know these things, but right. We no, but we do, unfortunately. <laughs> All right, mine's mine's an overall. Because I was like, I'm starting to run out of Boston trivia. But <laughs> anyway, his, I know you like war, too. I know you like those. Yep. So give me the top 10 players all time war. All, all of Major League Baseball? Yes. And it could be pitchers, cat, you know, pitchers oh, or hitters. Um, top 10 overall. I'll go with Ruth. Ruth is number one, 183.1. Okay. Uh, I will go with, let me be careful here. Bonds. Bonds is fourth, 162.7. Wow. Fourth. So who would be between him, Ruth and Bonds? Um, Hank Aaron. Hank Aaron, seventh, 143.1. Okay. I know I haven't listened to any pictures yet, but I'll go Willie Mays. Willie Mays, fifth, 156.1. Okay, we'll go Ted Williams. Not, not top 10. Son of a. He's 14th. That's it? What a bum. But there is a Red Sox player in the top 10. Cy Young. He's third. All right, so there's two Red Sox players. <laughs> Cy Young, uh, 163.6. Okay. Um, do I dare go for what's his name? Roger Clemens. Yes. Eighth, 139.2. Okay. So I got one, two, three, five, seven, and eight. Right. Oh, boy. I know I'm going to list. I'm going to. Oh, you need number two? Okay. I need number two and need number like nine and 10, right? Uh, yeah. Definitely. Nine, 10, two, and six. Okay. Um, let's see. I don't want to list somebody that's like, you know, like 90th. But I don't want to forget somebody that could be obvious. Uh, uh, Ty Cobb. Sixth. Okay. 151. Very good. I'll play. Um, so, you didn't get number two yet. I didn't get number two. I'll say, I'll give you a hint. It's a pitcher. Walter Johnson. Correct. 164.8. And you got two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Oh, so now you need nine and ten. 
Okay. Maybe a little tougher, I think. Well, one of them is, I think, tough. Roger Schwarnsby. No. 12th. He's 12th. Stan Musial. He's 11th. <laughs> so oh, man. Right there. <laughs> You're killing me. Um... Yeah, I'll, I'll give him to you. Number nine was Wait Tristan. a second. Luke Gehrig. No. Luke no, Gehrig. he didn't play long enough. Yeah. Trish Speaker is ninth. Oh, Third, former Red Sox. Center oh, field. They have three. And mm-hmm. number 10 is Honus Wagner. Okay, that would have been – that makes sense. Okay. okay. Here's, all right, here's the – this one – these I, I would have never gotten. Williams is only 14th. Yeah. I guess he didn't he didn't do much base running, so who is the active leader in war? Okay. Um well I know Trout is gonna be, but he hasn't played long enough. So yeah, I'll go with he's 75th overall, but he's second in career war right now okay i'll go albert Pujols first that's the easy one right 30 he's 32nd overall at 99.6 wow so there's only 31 players with 100 war uh yep 31 wow it starts with warren spawn that's a pretty good spot to start give me the next all right you got trout he's second okay active who's third i would have never got this one I want to see if you get it. Third. Miguel Never. Cabrera? No. He's 110th, but he's on this list. On the active list? Yeah. Four, five. He's sixth on the active list. Okay. I thought you meant 110 on the active. I was like. No, no. He's 110 you overall. list me 110 better players. But you know career. what? He's the guy I would have thought would, would be second or third. Okay. So third place is a guy that you didn't think of. that. Um. One name I I never is he, other, he's a veteran though obviously yeah yeah and I'll give you a hint he's a pitcher pitcher okay um Zach Greinke yeah yes yes third he's third right now that's crazy actually yeah I would have no I guessed him but that. I was going to say Scherzer or Kershaw, but then I figured Kershaw was injured a little bit. When you get a chance, just look at the the career war and you'll see numbers that like, it's amazing how this guy is third. I know he had one or two years there where statisticians with Kansas city where the warheads were and rightly so they were gushing. Mm-hmm. So I just added it up and just figured Chances are he's on his he's well he's on his last leg so he's been in the league a long time. Eight uh, was 18, 18 years and he's thirty. He's he's one of those rare compilers and if you look at his seasons they stand up. Yeah. Sometimes at the end of the career you look at a guy and you're like ah he's just he's compiling at the end but he's still pitching pretty well. So if you want to go let's guess two a uh, couple more the next two okay. are tied at ninety one overall. Ninety one. At 71.8, and both are pitchers. Um, would it be Scherzer or Kershaw? Uh, Kershaw is one. Okay. Scherzer is... Oh, Verlander, maybe? Yeah. Okay. Those two guys are tied at 91 at 71.8. And then you have to go a little further down. Who do you think... 
Speaking of Verlander, who do you think I would say he reminds me of? A modern day version of Verlander? Yeah. Um, hmm. It's the closest thing since Roger Clemens that I've seen to Nolan Ryan. Okay. That's yeah. yeah. I mean, with all the strikeouts. Yeah. I mean, Roger Clemens was the Nolan Ryan of our generation. Yeah. Or my generation. Right. But Verlander is up there, I think. Yeah, I would I would put him I mean, him, you got a couple. What's an interesting topic to talk about? I know we're at the end of the episode, but we can talk about this is future Hall of Famers that are still playing. Mm-hmm. I mean, the you next- got a you got a lot that are right there. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, off the top of my head, you got Pujols, you got Cabrera, you got Scherzer, Kershaw, Verlander, Greinke. That's six right there. Mm-hmm. That's six that should be pretty much first ballot. Yep. Um, I think Cano is out now because of the steroids. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, he would have been probably in. I mean, Trout. Trout's probably going to get in. I mean. Say what you want. He's. He is missing a lot of games now down the stretch. I mean, he's every year it seems like he's missing. Put this in perspective. He just turned 30. Right. So if he I think he's he's probably done enough already. Yeah. Because what he's done is he could he could he could compile seven years of batting 260. Right. And still get still reach the milestones he needs to. I mean, the war, they love him, so. Trying to think around the league, though. Other Scherzer, right? Yeah, Scherzer. I think. I yep. think he's getting in. I uh, mean, here's a, here's an interesting name. Does Votto get in? I definitely first ballot would not put him in. I would put him in right away as an all time Red, like Reds Hall of Fame right away, and then make him wait a couple of years just because. One, he hasn't won a World Series. Two, he hasn't put up the gaudy first base power numbers. I think yeah, he just that. got to 300 home runs. Yeah, he's year. at 321. He's okay, only so if he can get to 400, I would say he's a Hall of Famer. He only, he's only driven in 100 three times. Yeah, see, he's not. And he's I only, mean, his max home run is 37. His on-base percentage is Tremendous career 417 on base. That's outstanding. Mm-hmm. Slogging 520. He's a good defender. He's a good base runner, but he's yeah. not that typical when you think of first baseman. He's not, yeah, he's not Jimmy the- Fox. He's not Lou Gehrig. He's not, right. he's not a 30 and 100 guy every year. No. So that's why I say he's a great red, but he's, n- he's one of those that's going to be. In the Reds Hall of Fame, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah, he's been there his whole career. And then maybe by the Veterans Committee, when they look back on his stats, is um, his WAR and his on base, and because I mean, if Fred McGriff isn't in, yeah, he definitely should not be in. I'm saying if McGriff is not in, then Votto should definitely. Right, I'm not going to die on the hill of put Fred McGriff in the Hall of Fame, but if he's not in, he should. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, McGriff's got like 490-something home runs. Yeah, I think he's 493. I think he should have just just stayed on and just got to 500. Right. At that point, 
I don't care funny. what it does to my career average. Just stay on for half a year and hit seven home runs. He was actually just on uh, MLB Network and they were talking and he was saying, he goes, oh, so if I hit 500, I'm a Hall of Famer. But if I hit 493 home runs, I'm just a pretty good player. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and think about how many career bats he probably had. Yeah. And he's, so you add seven home runs to what, like 8,000 career at bats? It's like just a plain, just a consistent guy every season. Yes. I mean, I, I'm amazed he's not in, to be honest. I think he just gets lost in the steroid. I'm not saying that he did steroids. Right. No, but you're right. But people yeah, just take right. him. I'm trying to look up his, um, his career average. His career average, 284. Okay. 493. His war is only 52.6, though. Yeah, he wasn't a great fielder. He okay. wasn't horrible, but, you know. I mean, he is so he is 10 hits away from 2,500 mm-hmm. and seven home runs away from 500. He's so close to getting to these certain nice round numbers. I know. But then if you put him in under 500 home runs – as a first baseman, when they show the similarity scores, most of these guys are Hall of Famers, but they show Jason Giambi, Carlos Delgado, Paul Canerco. Right. Are those Hall of Famers? No. <laughs> but then they show Willie McCovey, Willie Stargell, Jeff Bagwell, Frank Thomas. Mm-hmm. So half and half. He's right, he's, he's right he's there. That score where he's right on the cusp. Yeah. He's, but if he gets in, then you tell me Paul Canerco gets in? Definitely no. not. No. Yeah. I mean, what did Jason Giambi do? Jason Giambi, 440 home runs. Right. No, he had a really good career, but unfortunately, he's tied to steroids. Yes. So he'll never get in. At least that's that's a whole other argument. We could have yeah. a good discussion about that. We'll talk about that next episode. We, yeah. can, we can bring up the asterisks. <laughs> Yeah. And is it is it a museum or is it museum plus there's a whole yeah we can do a whole a good between the Yankees Red Sox upcoming series and and steroid Hall of Fame debate. Yeah, that could be a good That's something to look forward to for episode eight. There you go. <laughs> the one last question I have is are we gonna try to do anything during the doubleheader tomorrow? I know we're gonna Think about doing a live stream. Uh, that's up to you if you want to. I'm I'm free, so. Oh, I'm tomorrow? No, out. I can't do it tomorrow. Okay. Wait, tomorrow's Tuesday. Yep, tomorrow's the tomorrow. I could do it. Yeah. Okay. Um. So be on the lookout for that. There you go. And the big thing will be just reviewing this series, seeing how each of our teams are still in the playoff hunt, but how close we are to each other. After this week, and we'll be talking about some steroid Hall of Fame issues as cool. well. And that'll be episode eight already. And you can follow us on Talking Rivals on Twitter, and we're up on Apple and Spotify podcasts. And um, until next time, you know, have a good one. Take care.